Welcome to the Along Come Norwich podcast, your zealous correspondents delivering zesty zingers aplenty because you deserve irresistible, audible canary zen with more than a little pizzazz. I'm still Tom, and I'm joined as ever by poor man's pookie, Andrew Lorne. Hey, Poor man's punt, John Punt. Hello. And this week, we are graced by the formidable frame of Christoph Zimmerman. Good evening. Welcome. This weekend sees the Football League drape itself in the rainbow flag, so we'll touch on pride as well as the usual review of recent games, and we'll round things off with the ACN quiz. Now, we're sat in Norwich City HQ, um, eating some Aviva rainbow cake, which uh, Christoph has kindly cut for us, um, but two and a half days away from a game has decided not to partake. You know, we're not going to dob you into to It's Daniel. really nice. It is very, very tasty. And um, he's got his mouth full. So, first up, let's have a little chat. Last night was uh, uh, a, a wet Tuesday night in Hull. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how you felt the, the game went? A little bit frustrating to come away with just one point. Yeah, I mean after after the game when we went back into the dressing room, uh, you could you could feel that everybody was uh, disappointed to have only taken one point from Hull. I mean, we've been on a very good good run of six league wins in a row, and um, everybody can read the tables. So I think um, objectively everybody would have said, okay, we need to drive there and take three points. But we knew that it was going to be a lot more difficult than that because. Um, Hull has, hasn't been, been playing too bad lately. They've been very unlucky in the way they conceded some goals and gave some points away. And uh, we know that they are a side with, with decent quality and that it was going to be a tough game, especially with the circumstances. Tuesday night, rainy day, quite windy as well. So the pitch wasn't perfect for our football. So we knew it was more a fight than yeah, brilliant football and probably another win like at Swansea. And um, yeah, unfortunately, the few chances we had, because I think this game we didn't create as many chances as in the games before, um, we weren't able to, to use them. And for that, I was, of course, um, as a defender, just happy that we kept the clean sheet so to at least take a point from there then. And um, if we don't just focus on that game, but on the two away games, I think four points from those two games are yeah, quite a decent, a decent outcome. Two, two long journeys as well. Um, really, really good away support on both of them. Great to see, um, you know, the Canary faithful travelling in their droves. Um, but it was still a very, very empty stadium. Obviously, a whole second from bottom, having a really difficult time. Not everyone happy with the, the setup there at the moment. Um, you know, amongst their fan base, what's it like for a player playing to loads of empty seats? Obviously, you play at Carroll Road, and you know, we, we fill the place most weeks. Does that really get on your radar at all? Um. It does, just to a certain extent. I mean, when you come out for the warm-up and you see, okay, the stadium was more or less empty, um, then it was a bit, <laughs> yeah, a, bit uh, a, weird, a weird feeling. But um, you learn to appreciate how it is here because um, I think in more or less each and every game I've, I've participated here so far, it was more than 25, 26,000. So the stadium always was full to look for. Probably not in each cup game, but that's understandable. Um, yeah, so... It was a bit weird because it felt like there were <laughs> more Norwich supporters than, than Hull supporters yesterday, which is a good thing for us, obviously. And as I said, um, you it leads to, to the fact that you don't take for granted the support you get here each, each home game. As a player, would you prefer it to go to an away ground and have it full or have it empty because it's less intimidating? It's, as you say, it seems like there's more Norwich fans there. Um, the, the good thing for me so far has been that um, during the games, I don't really mind um, if it's if it's full of the the supporters are against me or for me. So I think it's just yeah, 
nice to see if the stadium is full and is packed, so I prefer that. But um, I do understand if some, I don't know, who might struggle with um, the atmosphere and um, who might struggle if there's a lot of um, supporters from the opposition who are against them. Um, if they prefer it to be more empty or to have more away supporters than home supporters. So you, you seem to get the bond between players and fans um, more than, than most. And if, even from your very first appearances last season, um, you, you were always quick after away games and home games to go and acknowledge the fans and you know when you're warming up etc helps that you've got quite a good song that, that the fans like to sing um, which, which I've seen you join in with more on more than one occasion when you have been on the touchline um, where, where does that kind of come from that that acknowledgement of you know where, where does your kind of gratitude for fans really taking to you come from um, I think if I judge my, my situation my development over the past five, six, seven years, um, it's probably a bit, or not just a bit, but a bit more than a bit different to how it is with other players because I think it's, well, most of the people know where I came from and that I have not been, yeah, blessed with that much support in the, in the time in Germany. So when we're playing in the fourth tier or one year in the third tier, we were happy to have, I don't know, one, two, three thousand maybe, and that was more parents, players, agents, representatives of the club, so not much supporters, even though I have to say in the second team of Dortmund they did have a fan base as well, but it was more 500 to 1,000 supporters, so that's obviously very different from how it is here. Um, and it ju was just more or less one corner in the stadium uh, where the atmosphere came from. So probably um, because I, I didn't grow up with that support, that's why I still don't take it, take it for granted even after those one and a half years that I've had here so far and where um, I would say I've been much, uh, or my, yeah, my, my performances have been <laughs> um, much appreciated by the fans. At least that's what it's what it sounds like when you're on the pitch, or when you're having a, I know, a good a good scene, good tackle, successful header or so. Um, because every now and then you realize uh, that your chant has been sung. Yeah, well, it's also <coughs> it, it it really is. I think it also when you do seem to appreciate it as a player. I think the fans will then, if you do miss a tackle, miss a header, something comes off the the, the wrong way. Actually, you'll probably they'll be the fans will be a bit more patient with you because they feel like oh no, but he's he's a good lad and he seems, <laughs> he seems to appreciate the players. But I, honestly, the, the the players who are more flippant, the players who seem to not care so much about the club and about the fans, they don't tend to have quite as much. Um, of an excuse to, to muck up um, than the, the fans' favourites. Yeah, that, that could be possible. And um, I mean, I can just speak for myself, but I have experienced um, great support, and of course for the team, but also in personal terms um, from the supporters so far. And as I do not take this for granted, um, as I'm very thankful for it, that sometimes after the games, my way of yeah, saying thank you to go to the fans and I don't know, um, yeah, walk one lap after a game or just, yeah. And I think the supporters really, really appreciate that and they've taken to you because of that. You know, it's probably one of the big reasons when Norwich weren't doing so well last season was actually you would you would even when we'd lost, you'd take the time, you'd go and see all four corners of the ground. Is that a conscious thing that, that I don't know, or was it something that you thought about or you just started doing one game? Um I think more or less the first time I did it was um last season, second home game in the league against QPR, which was our first um first win of the mm. season and um it was just yeah my in, in personal terms my first win with the team on a professional level 
night game, home game, also good kind of clean sheets. So um, it's just been a couple of things that came together, and I was just more or less then after after the game was done in the mood to to mm. do to say thank you. Um, so it's definitely planned, <laughs> but uh, it was more spontaneous spontaneously. Yeah. So more and more players seem to be doing it now. Is that something that's easier to to do when you're winning, or have you talked about it in the dressing room? I I don't think well there's this real need to talk about it because there's lots of different characters in each team. So if some fans are doing it, they should do it, mm. or um, if, if some don't, if they don't feel comfortable, you shouldn't force anybody to do it. Um, so it's it's nothing that we talk about and uh, where we say okay we have to go to the fence because I don't think it should be something you have to do but something you want to do and um, it, yeah it's 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 good to see that a lot of a lot of players are doing it and obviously it's it's easier when you're having a good game and having a win because then the mood is better I mean <laughs> after Millwall I think nobody really wanted to to leave the stadium for the <laughs> next couple of hours but eventually sometime you have to <laughs> um, and after a game sometimes um, you're not really in the mood in the mood to do anything especially if you're not uh, if you're not happy with yourself you sometimes think okay you, you wouldn't really deserve the support from the supporters you just think okay go home make it better next time and hopefully the next game game comes as quick as possible um, How long does that sometimes linger? So if, if, for example, a goal might be, even if, if it's been a draw or something, but a goal might have been from a, a mistake or you gave the ball away or you felt like you're, you could have been tighter to someone at a corner, does it sometimes take maybe a couple of days or a couple of training sessions to, to shake, shake that feeling off? More or less, obviously, the same day that it happened and sometimes the day after, but there's not much time uh, yeah, to, to think about it too much, especially not in the championship. In the championship um, because the games come so quickly, so more or less is then on that day you're yeah unhappy and uh, mad, mad about yourself and about the, the mistake you did. Probably think about it, but not in terms of um, why did did it happen, but more how can I avoid it? Like how can I not do the same mistake again? And then from the next day onwards, normally it's yeah keeping your head up. And going for the next for the next challenge. Do they do they do you do video reviews of performances? Like do do you as a team watch watch games back on video? Because I yeah. know we have done that before as a team, um, and so presumably that can be maybe a bit awkward if you know if, if you've scored an own goal or something's come off come off you and gone gone through that can be a bit maybe make you cringe a bit when you know all the lads are watching. Oh yeah, here come, here comes me giving the ball away again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, but. If you're having good scenes, everybody's happy about it and you're proud of it. So if you're having some bad scenes, you also need to be able to, to deal with it. And um, of course, of course, we're doing video analysis. Um, and it, it's not about, I don't know, showing, okay, this or that player made the mistake or should have done better or has given the ball away. Uh, away. It's just um, about how to yeah, show somebody what needs to be done, done better in this situation. Sometimes you know that sometimes there's even another solution or some other place could have helped you out. So it's a general thing what the team needs to, to work on. Um, so it's, it's always um, yeah, for, the good, for the good of the player and to hopefully improve and not make the same mistake again. So you, you came into the team like a duck to water this season and obviously you've been on a fantastic run um, and your, your performances have kind of gone hand in hand with this fantastic run that we've been on. And what seems to be interesting this season compared to last season is the system and the style of play. Anyone who comes in, doesn't matter who gets injured, who gets suspended, or someone is, gets up a knock on international duty, whether it's Emmy, Mario, Tommy Tribal last night, they just seem to be able to like go in and it doesn't seem to make any difference. So 
do, why do you think that's working so much better this season than last season? Um, I think that's that's a very very good good point to talk about. I mean, it's, it surprised me a lot as well. And if you see, for example, uh, the lineup against the Stevenage game in the cup, how many of those players then later on played so many minutes in the league as well? So you see, on the one hand, I think it is because the quality in the whole squad is just very good and very balanced. So it's not like um, if, for example, as as Temu. Uh, was injured, uh, came back injured from international duty, and then Jordan was playing. Nobody was thinking, "Oh, it's going to be difficult. Who who should score now?" Yeah, mm. then I don't know. Tim Close scored two against Nottingham. Um, Jordan scored twice against against Aston Villa. Emmy scored against Brentford. And there's other players who can who can score. Who I don't know who can who can do the job as well. And um, that's very good to see, and something that makes us even stronger. And I think probably lots of the players or a certain amount of, of players are in their second year with the manager now so that we more and more, more, and more understand uh, what our football should look like and those who came new in the summer they have adapted very quickly and very well to our way of playing so as I said take the cup game at Bournemouth where we made I think nine changes in comparison to the league or eight changes and I think we had one of our best performances so far this season we're very unlucky to be knocked out of the competition because everybody's been doing so well and I, if I speak for myself I know how difficult it is to, to come on as a centre-back and then it was Ben Godfrey's first game since the last cup game at Wickham and he's he's played so solid, so strong um, and I think that's a very, very good quality we have at the moment that everybody, even though he didn't play the last four or five games is somebody you can count on and who, who will have good performance just like Tom, for example, did yesterday. So it's really frustrating to not be in the team. Um, I, I, I currently am not being selected for my Sunday league team, which is very, which I'm very upset about. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a couple of better centre midfielders than me. I have to accept that. Um, but we are currently. That's what's wrong. Your attitude of accepting it. <laughs> be better. Yeah. So I, I, I did my best. I, I did okay it's on Sunday. Well, I, I, I played an hour on Sunday. I did okay. We're still unbeaten, but. Um, the my, the point I was going to make was: Is it, it? No one likes not being in the team. Everyone wants to play football. Is it slightly easier to accept, or is it is it easier to um, kind of understand the manager's decision when the team's winning all the time? It, is it less frustrating when when at least you you still feel you can celebrate like wins? Well, that's that's my opinion. I think um, the mood is always better when you win games. So the general mood on the Sunday, or sometimes on a Wednesday. Um, the day after a game is always better when you have won a game, and that's uh, well. That's to me what comes first, and that it seems to be to the great majority of players what comes first because the atmosphere is very good and there's nobody who's who's quite negative because he's not playing that much at the moment. Um, because if you're winning a lot of games, you also think, okay, why should the managers change something now? Because we're doing quite well. So every now and then there's one or two changes maybe, but. It's an also understandable why we're not changing the whole team because if it wouldn't work, then in the next game everybody would say just stick to the same formation, to the same players, and you would win. Um, so I think it is it is easier to accept not being in the starting line or sometimes not being in the squad when the team is doing well because you're thinking okay they are winning games, so you you understand why they are playing. Let's go back to what it was like um, coming over here. Um, you know, big change in terms of where you had been playing, uh, in, you know, in the football pyramid in, in Germany to here. 
Um, what, what were the biggest thing like from Norwich as a place? What was maybe the biggest surprise? What was like the, the bit that took the longest to get used to? You know, just as just irrelevant of football, just actually having to move to another country and live and work there. Uh, the biggest <coughs> change, the different difference was of course um, that in in Germany I was um, living with my with my fiance, with my family quite close, and I I came here um, by myself. So that family, friends, fiance are not not with me. Um, I think that's the most significant change in my in my daily habit because well for the first time in I know then two years or so I was living on my own again. Um, and of course, different language, um, but luckily not uh, yeah a language a language that I was uh, I grew up with, so that made it a bit easier for me to communicate and to get along. Um, yeah, but I would say the leaving family, friends, and so on behind that this was probably the biggest biggest change, um, despite obviously what happened in football. Okay, so um, going back to the football again, we we were in a fantastic run. Um, it's looking really positive. Uh, obviously, in every interview, everyone has to say, well, we're just looking forward to the next game. Um, there's got to be a little part of you that's thinking, well, we are top of the league at the moment and Premier League would be quite nice to play in. I think everybody would also say that it would be a nice league to play in and that everybody would love to do that. Um, but we have been doing quite well lately to think, OK, what's the next game? How can we prepare for it? What would be our best way to play against the side and what would be... Um, yeah, what will make us uh, most likely to win the game, and we've been doing, as you said, quite quite well lately with uh, the one we've been on. So I think there's no re reason to change anything about that. Uh, has there, has the there been a change from this season to last season? For example, obviously Daniel getting more used to the English game as well, and obviously he's doing fantastic in the moment. Um, is there? Have you? Um, has there? Ch has it changed the amount that you prepare against the opposition? versus how much you're working on your own game. So like this, this season, do you, do you spend more time saying, right, Hull are going to sit up like this, you know, they're going to sit really deep, or they, you know, they played five across the middle or what have you. Do you spend more time doing that as a group this season to last season maybe? No, not really. No, I think um, the, the bigger difference is um, that we're just getting more and more used to the initial way of playing that the manager prefers to play. And I think it is a possession-based football, as we all know. Um, but last season, it was every now and then more possession for the sake of possession. And we understand a bit better now um, what we're doing this for, and that it still needs to be goal-orientated. And even though we're keeping the ball sometimes for a minute or two, it's still then something has to happen, and not just, okay, we're keeping it for another two or three or four minutes. Um, so I think it's, it's more um, that we know better what we want to do on the pitch than the actual preparation of the opposition that's that has been very good last season and it's more or less on the same on the same quality this season I would say. Um, but I think we just improved our game. Last season uh, sorry, last night at Hull, um, some of the football was sublime. You know, some of the nicest stuff we've played all season. It was just in really short burst. I mean Emmy Emmy you know second half did some amazing touches, nearly scored one of the goals of the season when you pulled that ball out of the air on the edge of the box and spun. Um, so the, I think because you, because we as fans had to learn that style of football as well, we had to learn how to watch it. 
Um, some of us, some of us took to it a bit quicker so than others. Can we just put it out there, Christoph, that, that Tom last season wasn't a fan of Daniel and um, was very critical of his methods on this podcast, and I think he's now come round to it. So I guess that's why he's driving towards I would count out that slightly with after the Arsenal game last season, we did a podcast, <laughs> and Tom famously said, We're going to be champions this season. And then within about three you, weeks, <laughs> within a couple of weeks, it completely flipped. So, but pretty much everything you say. But Mr. Z said exactly <laughs> summed up the point that was on the on the lips of most supporters last year. It was possession for possession's sake. That was that was how it felt, and it was because mm. we didn't seem to have that driving ball. And every now and again, Mario would play a reverse ball through, um, and you know, towards the end of the season, um, you know, Mo would play a clever ball through, and. It would, it would be like, oh, I see, that, that's been the point, that's what we do. But, it, like, it, you know, as you just said yourself, it just didn't happen enough. Whereas now, like games last night, yes, we, you know, we, we've drawn towards a team towards the bottom, but a lot of the football we played, it was just inches away from coming off. And because we've seen it come off so many yeah. times this season, as fans, you're that much more patient with the team getting it right. I think, I think the results helped us as well. I mean, if you're playing nice football, football that's good to watch, but you don't have the results... It's frustrating for everybody. We had those problems at the beginning of the season with the 3-4 against West Brom and also when we lost um, 3-2 Leeds at home. I think our football wasn't much different from what we're playing at the moment. But on the one hand, we didn't score the goals at the right time. Oh, we didn't score at all. Didn't go in Leeds. And then we were not stable enough in terms of um, that one or two goals then more or less yeah, killed us mentally. And we were doubting and that led to us given given the game more or less away then, so we we also needed to improve throughout the season to get the results. But at the moment, of course, when when you have results like the last 13 league games, that helps a lot. To I think for us as players, also for everybody, every every supporter, um, yeah, to enjoy the game more and to 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 see. Okay, even though we're keeping the ball for a minute or so, we don't get nervous because we know something's going to happen. Whereas last season, um, I think sometimes when you were just passing the ball back once, um, you know that the crowd was getting a bit, bit nervous or angry and was thinking, oh, come on, just play to the front. Um, but it helped a lot that we've improved this season and that more or less everybody, not just on the pitch but also off the pitch, understands, okay, there's a certain sense behind uh, the things we're doing and that in the end we, we know what we have to do and that is to score goals. Does that affect you as players then when the crowd starts to get nervy and you can kind of hear people wanting to, you guys to get the ball forward, does that affect your performance do you think? Mm, as I said, I'm, I'm lucky that sometimes I don't, I don't really get, uh, I don't really, really realise so much what's, what's going on around me but I think it does certainly have an effect especially um, when you think okay I'm passing the ball to Tim, he's passing it back to me, I'm passing it back again and you, you more or less then expect, um, I don't know, the crowd to get a bit nervous or to boo at you. Or, um, but I don't think that happens also, this season. I, I haven't, I, I, no. This season, when, when, you're, when you and Tim are playing your own game, um, you know, back, back, back and forth, um, I actually think that it ta- it's taking a lot longer and we have to actually be losing in a game for Carroll Road to start to get... Because mm. we are quite an impatient fan base generally at Carroll Road. <laughs> we no, are no, quite an impatient it, podcast no. host generally. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> you Timmy. It's time to move on to talk about this weekend's festivities um, for Pride and Proud Canaries. Lorne, tell us a little bit about what's going on this weekend. 
Thanks for that, Tom. This weekend is the Rainbow Laces campaign, so I think the players are being offered Rainbow Laces, if that's, yeah. that's right. Um, and the idea is that, you know, Carrow Road and football generally is a place where everyone can come and feel comfortable and enjoy themselves, and it doesn't matter who you are or what you get up to, you can come to football and you can enjoy it. So Aviva, who I think won an award with Pride Canaries a couple of weeks ago where they beat Barcelona yeah, last week, I think. Man City yeah. for their corporate sponsorship like initiative type thing that they've been doing recently. It's the formation of Proud Canaries, I think. The Proud Canaries Football Club. Yeah, Excellent. I think so. so uh, they've got a few different events going on on Saturday. We've got a new flag for Saturday to mark the occasion. It's a biggie. It is a biggie. We couldn't get it out, could we, in the reception down here? It's we, too we, big. We, we did a really good job. John wasn't happy. He thought we were going to break it, although even we can't break a flag. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He also now wants it ironed. Yeah. I'm not ironing it. I'm, I'm still eating pride cake, by the way. It's absolutely delicious. We've given it to the club now. Maybe someone at the club can hide it. So, yeah, there's a few things going on. I think they're giving out um, rainbow laces to the crowd as well, so everyone can go and get themselves a pair. And, and they're giving out some cake as well, if you get there early enough. Are they like the rainbow cake we've got in front of us? Yeah. So, Crystal, if you were involved with Proud Canaries FC last season, was last it? Last season, yeah. How was that? I think... Um, it was, uh, I attended a training session of them at um, at our training ground, and yeah, it was a good thing to do. And I think I also mentioned after straight after that session, it was yeah good to have like a really normal session. And I think that's that's more or less the point that it's something completely normal. And um, so I didn't I didn't feel it was anything you know, different from from training sessions um, that I used to attend um, early on in my in my career. So I think it is um, an important thing to do because I think even in this club there have been some years back um, examples of, of players um, who had to struggle with um, their sexuality and I think it is it's difficult if you cannot be who you want to be and that can make you very I don't know, un, un, unhappy and uh, can lead to depressions and um, obviously that yeah, makes makes life not that or as, as worth living as it would be if you could be the person that you really are. So I think it's it's good that you have those initiatives and that it's it's found a good sponsor with with Aviva. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was I was happy to have been part of the training session back then. Me and Tom played in the in the team in the tournament, but we'd missed the training session, and it was maybe five or six weeks after the training session that the tournament was, and most of the guys and girls there were still buzzing about the fact that they'd had this session I think the the Proud Canaries FC thing is really really positive because it's not it's not in any way restrictive like anyone can go along and join in and play and, and get involved and I think for Norwich to be a club that are kind of at the forefront of this through the work being done by Proud Canaries and with our link with Justin Fashion I think it's, it's something to really get behind so Christoph how easy so Norwich is obviously a really <coughs> accepting club really inclusive yeah. and we've talked about that how easy do you think it would be for a player in the Norwich City dressing room to come out now? I, I think it's, it would be very easy and I think it would be um, yeah, a good thing to do if somebody you know, yeah, would, would have to come out because, as you said, I think the, the club is very yeah, accept, or accepting more or less every, everything, well not everything, <laughs> I need to be careful with that. Um, <laughs> But it's a, tol- a, very, a very, a very tolerant, <laughs> a very tolerant crowd. That's what I, what I want to say. Yeah. And um, I have the feeling that that, that this is yeah, that suits the this, the whole city, the whole region, the whole county. What from from what I can say so far. I mean, I've not been here all my life, but um, 
from the time I spent here. That's what I have witnessed. Um, and I think also well, in our team we have very good bonds and that um, we accept people the way they are with their strengths and their weaknesses and it would not be a problem at all for a player to come out if it was the case. And that leads on to, so we've got this, this flag ready for, for Saturday and we've done a few flags now through the season. There's been a lot of work on the club's behalf in terms of doing logistically in terms of storing them for us, making sure that they're safe and all the rest of it. And it's quite a lot of work on our behalf in terms of getting them designed and printed and then into the ground. and Hiding them for John. How much of a difference does that sort of thing make when you come out of the tunnel and warm up? Because for us, it's, they're heavy. Like, <laughs> it's quite an effort to do it. So how much how much does that make a difference in terms of when you come out and you see some, some flags and you see a bit of colour and a bit of noise? Um, I think it's just another element of, of support that, that um, you give to us, to us players, and it's it's motivating as, as you have the, the fan chants and sometimes like the, the flags or certain choreographies, and it's also something that motivates and spurs you on a little more. Um, I enjoy seeing them, and uh, I don't need to carry them, so... <laughs> you can if you like. Hopefully most of the time I'll be on the pitch. Well, and if involved. you're on the bench, like, if you ever you know get dropped then please come over and or injured this. Yeah, yeah, or that's injured, gonna be the yeah. first thing that's gonna be the first thing on yeah. this well, right. uh, oh yeah i need to go and see that that uh, poor man's that uh, and get get hold of a get uh, hold i of think that might be the first request uh, when i'm in, in case i would be injured <laughs> i think <laughs> that's first not going to be the case looking ahead to um this weekend's game um in theory it's another winnable one um the uh the, the thing that we need to try and avoid is complacency we need to make sure that we don't take any team lightly yeah. um, and obviously I'm sure that's something that Daniel and the coaches are, are you know drumming into at the moment um, you've opened with a game that <laughs> is winnable yeah well <laughs> no carry on yeah well I'm, I'm not I'm not being coached not to be complacent I'm, <laughs> I, I'm not a professional athlete I, I'm an idiot you're joking so, exactly so, so John tell us um, you, you tell Christoph what, why is it that, that, that Saturday is going to be such a comfortable game for us <laughs> I wasn't really listening to much of your ramble there. I was looking at my notes. So, what was the question? The question was, um, Christoph. If we say to Christoph, "What do you think about Saturday? Rotherham are rubbish. We're going to win." He'll say, "No, no, no. They've got some good strengths, and we need to take every game as it comes, and we can't be complacent because he's a I, professional." I don't, but I don't think Rotherham will be a rollover. To be honest with you, I think um, having spoken to a Rotherham fan for uh, the preview for a lot on longcomenorwich.com, which will be up on Friday. They're actually in pretty good form. They've drawn recently with Sheffield United. They've drawn recently with Middlesbrough, where they kept a clean sheet as well. I don't think it's going to be a rollover. Paul Warren's sides are really, really organised. It's going to be difficult, and I think it's something that the crowd are going to need to be really patient because, actually, Rotherham, when they do concede, it seems to be late in the games as well. So. I, I can vouch for that as well. So, having played under Paul Warren when I played for England schoolboys, wow. his sides are very well drilled. Continue. <laughs> Yeah, okay, we'll just clang, let's leave that in there. Um, <laughs> no, but he's, a really, he's, a, he's an excellent if coach. If you want any tips, Christophe, then you know, feel free to ask this, this great footballing genius. Yes. Or if Timu gets injured and you just need someone who looks like him to step in. Who, who was good when he was 14. <laughs> call me. I'm not for about seven. <laughs> but he's a really good, I think Paul Warren is a really good coach and I think he doesn't get the credit that he probably deserves because he's at Rotherham and they're one of the unfashionable clubs. So I don't think Saturday will be a walkover at all. Cool. Just you. Um, but I, I don't really either, I just wanted to ask the question, that's, that's my job. A few uh, questions about you the bloke. 
So who? What's the first result you look for um, after Norwich's when you come off the pitch? Who, who do you support, or who did you support growing up? Um, in in Germany, I didn't really like. I wasn't really a supporter as in a, in a proper fan of a club because I went to the Academy of Mönchengladbach when I was thirteen. So I was thinking, okay, should I support this club now? What happens if I leave the club? How would it affect me? So that's why. <laughs> No, not not St. Pauli. Sorry, I, I like I like the club. It's a cool club too. I've just played one or two games there at the stadium. Great great support as well. Yeah, really. say one of the, I think one of the best supporters uh, in Germany. Um, and you know I, I fancied in England. I fancied Tottenham. I loved to watch them. I don't know. I started when I was, maybe, twelve or so with my brother. Premier League highlights Monday night I think on German TV channel. We love watching them, and I don't know they've been a couple of very impressive games they had. Favorite favorite, favorite Tottenham player? Um, back then, I think it was probably Aaron Lennon. Okay. Because because of the le- uh, last minute equalizer at Arsenal four four under Harry Redknapp. I I don't know if I remember the year probably two thousand eight two thousand nine something like that. So it was one of the first games I watched, and that was incredible. And also then seeing. The atmosphere there, um, the celebrations. There was always something to look to look forward to. So, probably that was also one of the reasons why I fancied playing in England or the English football in general. And and what about the rest of the the, the squad at the moment? Obviously, you've mentioned um, that they're a really tight group and that you're really supportive, which is which is fantastic. Um, who, who's uh, who's got the worst uh, fashion sense at the club? It's important that we get to the bottom of that. <laughs> While you're thinking about that, John is keeping um, some facts and figures about how many games we win depending on what coat Daniel is wearing. Yeah. The green parker or the black black parker. So it's about 95% win rate this season when Daniel's wearing the green parker. Good. The black one. So if you see, if you, if you see him the black one on Saturday, you say that Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. But you <laughs> need to home and get the green one. <laughs> um... No, so coming coming back to the initial question yeah, that wor- I already wor- forgot. Yeah, worst, so worst fashion sense. No, worst, worst, at the club. Um, at the club or the players? Oh no, it should be the players. It'd be un- unfair to, to to choose, I you know, know a I chef know. or something. Oh, Gemma. No, um, <laughs> no, that's that's it's tough because I do not like to speak negatively about teammates. Um, but I think when we had the discussion, sometimes I don't know at players forums or so. Um, yeah, every now and then, Jamal was a victim that was picked. Okay. Um, but he's quite—he's he's a young he's, lad. So you'd think yeah, he would exactly. be a and he's, he's a I, I, would, I wouldn't say no. I wouldn't say it's—he's—he's he's worse dressed. I think his style is just a bit um, unconventional. Some like it, some don't. I don't fancy it that much, but um, some do say the same about me. So I should be quiet. Okay. <laughs> um, so uh, what's the? So going back to the dressing room, when you're noticing which Parker Daniel's got on. Um, is there music beforehand and if so who's in charge of the music that's playing in the home dressing room the kit man right okay and what is the what are the tunes of choice um, it's a, a bit mixed I don't, I don't think it's always the same tunes but it's more like hip hop and yeah towards the end um, sometimes Eminem okay. also the time Eminem in my mind as you come out of the dressing room Daniel Farkas stood at the door and he slaps each of you as you go past. Uh, slaps you on the back as you go past. Does that happen? No. <laughs> Ruined. Uh, who, who do you think should take the next penalty? 
It's a penalty crisis. Uh, I know. And you're German, so you know about penalties. Yeah, I, I, I can tell you shouldn't, and that's me. <laughs> um, Fair enough. No, I think... Um, you could header it in. <laughs> uh, I haven't done it that often this season. Um, but I think um, it's... Well, it's it's a diff just a difficult task at the moment because everybody knows about okay the last three penalties didn't go that well just one of five so far this season so there's always a lot of pressure and th there was um, on Temu at the Millwall game um, there was on on Jordan at the Brentford game or Mario uh, Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday so I think at the moment it's a very very difficult situation um, so I don't know if we just prefer to get a free kick close, uh, like, like on the edge. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, but yeah, so but you, get, you uh, get fouled, you roll out of the box. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, on, on, the okay. No, it was outside, it was outside. So. <laughs> cool. no. um, if you could play in any other position in the team, other than centre-back, where do you think Daniel should give you a go? Goalkeeper. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you used to play there? No. You said that so confidently, though. Do you, you the guy, sometimes? If Krull gets injured and McGovern's not on the bench, are you the guy who used all our, If we've used all our subs, you'll be like, I'm in. I, mean, I, I would love to do that, yeah. I, would love to. I think it's very, very difficult and very demanding. But um, I can only play football when I have the game in front of me, which is where centre-back is a very good position for me. Okay. So if I would play in the midfield and, I don't know, people would be all around me, that would be too difficult for me, I think. <laughs> and also, um, yeah, sometimes towards the end of the game, if one of the centre-backs, or last season, one of the centre-backs was going up, for example, against Ipswich, it was Tim Close and Grant Henley, and I was staying at the back. So I prefer to be at the back of the field. We're going to wrap things up with the quiz. Yeah. Um, Christoph is very confident about uh, this. He's been, <laughs> he, he, it's the main reason he wanted to come on the podcast. And we finally, finally after all the text said, yes, Christoph, you can come on. <laughs> um, so, uh, Lorne is going to do the timing. You will go first. You have six questions. Yeah. You have a minute to get them right. Don't forget the pass if you get stuck and we can come back to the ones that you get wrong. Um, your time starts now. Who did you score your first and only goal for Norwich against? Wolves. Correct. Who did you make your debut for for Norwich? Again? Who did you, wait, your first game for Norwich, who was it against? Um, first league game, Fulham away. Correct. Uh, who is the current head coach of Borussia Dortmund 2? Um, Jan Sievert. Correct. Name one of the Germans to have scored more than 25 goals in the Premier League. Oh, Ozil. Correct. Who is F Felix Paslak on loan from? Borussia Dortmund. Incorrect. Uh, Holland, Portugal oh, and England Hoffman. all won their groups in the UEFA Nations again, League again, last again, week. Holland, Portugal and England yeah. all won their groups in the UEFA Nations League last week. Who was the fourth top tier team to top their group? Switzerland. Correct. Um, who is Felix Paslak on loan from? Hoffenheim. Correct, six out of six. But you got it within the minute, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, you get he's six on out a, six. I think he's on a two-year loan at Hoffenheim. Yeah. And then they sent him during the second year. I'm not giving you a bonus point, Christoph. No, 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 you've, got six, you've got six out of six. No, that's you've got, that's, that's about nine seconds. You're the first person to ever do it. Um, I told you not to make him easy. Well, <laughs> can I have? Who did I make my knowledge debut against? Well, the thing is, it was a, it was a while ago, and you, you know, you might be not be thinking about it. You might be thinking about other things. All right. And also, I bet, all I'm saying it is, I bet our questions aren't like Yeah, we're going to have a go, and we'll get one. When we've two. had other players on, and we've asked them questions about them, they've been the ones they've struggled on. Alright, um, anyway. quiz. Have you got a tiebreaker? <clears throat> uh, <laughs> <laughs> right then, punt. Your minute starts. Good luck. Now, who used to play their football at the Manor Ground? 
Derby County. Incorrect. Oh, Oxford United. Where is Sean Raggett on loan? Robin. Correct. Which player featured against Hull last night came from the club where Marcel Franco is on loan? Um, Marco Stephen. Incorrect. Which 2018 World Cup finals team just finished their UEFA League of Nations group with a minus 12 goal difference? Pass. Uh, which former Norwich goalkeeper has conceded more than 350 Premier League goals? Robert Green. Correct. Which Frenchman has the most Premier League appearances? Thierry Henry. Incorrect. Who used to play their football at the Manor Ground? Correct. Um, which player featured against Hull last night came from the club where Marcel Franca is currently on loan? Tim um, Closer. Incorrect. Which 2018 World Cup finals team finished the UEFA League of Nations group with a minus 12 goal difference? Minus 12. And they played at the World Cup finals? They played the World Cup finals and they were in, a t in their tier A. Tier A? Yeah. Germany? Incorrect. Stop. Well, they were rubbish, <coughs> didn't they? Croatia. So, uh, incorrect. Not minus 12. Not minus 12. They weren't minus 12. Minus 12 was Iceland. Was it Marcel Desai? Frenchman. Uh, no. Okay, the, that's uh, I'm, well, because oh, he right. did so well at his questions, we, I'm going to pass them over to Christoph. So, oh. Christoph, um, which player last can, night. Can he lose points? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's which, he's correct. Because nice. yeah, he's from Darmstadt. Yeah. Um, and which Frenchman has the most Premier League appearances? Do you two know that? Oh, the guess Vieira. No, def uh, no he's, he's fifth. He's a defender. Defender. Sylvain Distan. Oh, really? No, 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 no one's getting that. Did I get four? You got three out of six, which, is, which, is, which is pretty good. That's pretty good. They're sort of medium level this yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay, Lorne, you need six to tie. Um, <laughs> uh, or let's have it right, four to beat punt. Um, yeah, your time starts now. Who used to play their football at Springfield Park? Wigan. Correct. Who is on loan at Hamilton from Norwich? Um, the young lad. Can't accept that. Who, who joined Yannick at Bolton earlier this season from Norwich? Um, someone else, the older lad. Pass. <laughs> okay. Um, who uh, finished bottom and was relegated from France's group in the UEFA Nations League? That's uh, from Germany. Correct. Uh, which Dutchman has made the most Premier League appearances? Tim Paul. Incorrect. Who is the last Premier League goalkeeper to score a goal? Brad Friedel. Incorrect. Who is on loan at Hamilton? Which young lad is on loan at Hamilton? Um, he's a striker. Correct. And he's at Hamilton. <laughs> Who joined Yannick <laughs> at Bolton earlier this season? You should know this, Lord. I don't know this. Pass. Which Dutchman has made the most Premier League appearances? Pass. Uh, who's the last Premier League goalkeeper to score a goal? Um, Paul Robinson. Incorrect. Who joined Yannick at Bolton earlier this season? I don't know this. Christoph, who's on loan at Hamilton? Mason Broom. Young lad, striker, you're right. But I think I'd get a point for that. Mason? Yeah. Mason name? Broom. I thought it was Broomfield Doesn't even know or something it. like that. I knew it was Mason, and it started uh, with a B. That should have counted. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> that's when Crystal's got six. Which goalkeeper went to play with Yannick at Bolton? Remy. Yeah. Remy, yeah. Uh, and the midfielder, who I would never have guessed, Dutchman, made the most Premier League appearances. Midfielder. Van der Vaart? No. Way, way worse, but also kind of now I respect his career more. Hull, Coventry, Middlesbrough. Wow, like yeah. 380 odd yeah, appearances, geez. unbelievable. Well done, George. Um, and the last <laughs> Premier League goalkeeper to score a goal was back in 2013. Okay. Stoke versus Southampton. Oh, um, just he cleared it, didn't he? But, uh, the young lad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's that bit lazy. Asmir, yeah. Which means you came. I don't uh, think it matter who came where. You came second, Christoph. You won. 
Well, Which just brings us to say thank you very much to the club for being kind enough to let Christoph come out to play after his dentist appointment. We appreciate you coming you. direct from the dentist to be with us. Um, thank you for your time, uh, Lorne. You're welcome. Thank you for your time, Pont. Cheers. And we'll see you soon. Cheers. Bye-bye now.